Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Hi everybody, welcome back to Elder Scrolls Off The Record for episode number 87. We're getting closer and closer to that 100 episode mark, guys. Getting here, another few months. <laughs> I am Joe the Widget Wilson, I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, starting with the variable, Eve Arwen. Hey, Joe! What's up, oh, homie? I can see you! I can we, see you! We Google Hangoutin'! <laughs> <laughs> Google Hangoutin' bug. Google Hangoutin'. <laughs> What's up, Jaru? We are joined, as always, by the vagabond, Louis Solon. Hello, Joe. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hello, chat room. And yes, vagabond, it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when? And we are joined by the vain David Deinforce Adams. You always say that because I look better in these jeans than you do. The robot himself. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the, the cookie clicker is no. making Dave robot out. Yeah, you may have to stop clicker. playing cookie clicker if you want your audio to come over, Dave. And we are joined, as always, by the volatile Shank the Tank. I can see you, dudes. What's going dudes. on? Dudes. Uh, I'm pretty stoked to be here. I get the honor of uh, hosting this Google Hangouts thing. So if anything crashes, it's a barman's fault. <laughs> Things just keep getting better. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you stopped. Right. Aww. Aww. It, yeah, it's kind of weird actually looking at the guys I talk to. I'm used to just staring at my screen, hearing nothing but voices. Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of um, disturbing, actually. Shank, you're far uglier than I expected. Oh, my. Lou, you're so much prettier. Um,. I'm just kidding. Oh, I have the exact opposite reaction on that. Like, I can't stop looking at Shank. Yeah, All right, Shank's uh, Shank's a, a definitely a, a good-looking dude. I'll tell you that. <laughs> what are you doing uh, next week, Shank? All right, um, on that note, I'm out. <laughs> Dave, Shank won't date me. How about you? <laughs> well, you know what they say. Better to be the silver... Metal than the gold. Oh, oh wait, is it? What? Wait, is it better what? to pitch than to receive? What? Uh, never mind. All right, we're going way too far. So let's go ahead and get <laughs> on to our advertisements of the evening, Mister Barwin. Yes, indeed. Uh, we want to thank TweakedAudio.com for once again sponsoring our show. In part, of course, uh, great headphones over at uh, TweakedAudio.com, guys. Fantastic headphones. I'm actually. I use them for for every every podcast that I that I do, and it's because the the sound quality out of these things is just absolutely freaking awesome. Uh, they will ship to you worldwide. 
So it doesn't matter where you live, you can always get your hands on a pair of their awesome headphones at tweakedaudio.com. They've got great customer service, lifetime warranty, anything goes wrong with them, send them on back, they'll send you a pair for free. And with our code off the record, the deal even gets better. It's 30% off your entire order if you use that code off the record. Again, that's all at tweakedaudio.com. Word up. It's time to get into your meat and potatoes of this episode because there's nothing quick to mention. It's all long. Speaking of which, we have a variety pack number nine. Let's see how many of these questions are like every other question we've heard so far. Any takers? (laughs) Well, I, you know what? I'm just going to go on a limb here and say all of them. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> no bets, huh? All right, cool. We'll do this as our in our usual format. See sure. if I can hey. flub this up tonight. All right. How do you intend to make each Alliance War campaign feel persistent? Will campaigns last forever, or will they change from time to time? And will the enemies rotate? Uh, campaigns last for three months at a time, so you'll find yourself running into familiar faces during them. Also note that you won't get rotated out or switch to other campaigns unless you choose to. You'll be able to stay in the same campaign for the entirety, uh, for the entire time of your character exists if you want. When a campaign ends, the only thing that resets are its leaderboards and the score. Keeps, scroll ownership, emperor status, and where you are in the world doesn't get reset. It gives a great sense of persistence when the only scoring mechanics reset. That's actually um, very interesting. I thought actually, in my mind, I thought we would be rotated into a new one after it ended. Yeah, I, I like this this model. I think it's uh, I think it'll work. It'll work, you know, decently, and uh, it, it's nothing too complicated that a lot of people won't understand right at the get go. It's like, all right. The score only changed. Everything else stays the same. Yeah. So there you go. It's it's, it's pretty you know, it's pretty pretty easy to understand. I like that. Can't wait to try it out. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we will try it out. Unless you are so epic that you maintain emperor status at all times, and they might kick you out. Just saying. Or if your name is Shank, you know all you're doing is <laughs> just you know taking every flower in Cyrodiil. Right. I mean, yeah. Shank, yeah. help me! You're the only person left who can who can save the keep. Yeah, but I got to fight. What? Help me, Shank Kenobi! You're the only one. I can totally see that though. Shank being like, "Oh, don't worry, guys, I got this." And then he runs away and grabs flowers. <laughs> Meanwhile, the last guy, last bad guy, has got one hit point left. All Shank's got to do is breathe on him. And, oh, oh, oh! Time ran out. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, ruining the landscape by dying. Don't you understand? Karen Bullet only grows where people have died. <laughs> it's going to be fields of Karen Bullet everywhere. I want my ginseng, man. What can I say? Can you die in a particular pattern to spell shank? That'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, I probably, you probably could. Yeah. You yeah. could probably ask people to volunteer and <laughs> just light them up. Alright, the next question is Do you intend for skills to morph many times to encourage different <laughs> differentiation between player builds? Right now, skills morph once. Pretty well, straightforward answer. Yeah, pretty straight. Now, believe it or not, Joe, there's there's some people out there that, that don't like this idea that, that skills only morph once. Yeah, I'm kind of one of them. 
Well, the more times you morph it, you got to look at it because it morphs two different ways every time it morphs. If you're able to do it more than once, it just builds on that um, uniqueness of the, of the abilities and skills. Yeah, and that's that's something that I like is that it's only once, so it, it makes it. You kind of have to like focus on what you're trying to what you're trying to build, and I think here I think less is more. Like if they keep asking you to morph and morph and morph and morph, then I think it's just kind of like kind of. I don't I don't I don't I don't know if cheapens the right word, but do you guys want to do you guys understand what I'm trying to say? Like as far as the skill yeah. goes or the it, weapon it, goes, it just dilutes it so much that there's no real. Uh, uniqueness to it yeah yeah i see i see both ends here i i see how how keeping it only once is probably you know better than than doing it uh often but at the same time i think there's uh you know uh, there there there's going to be a could be a lot of a, a sense of accomplishment if you have it morph uh at a much higher skill level i think the key word here that we might be missing is right now skills morph once Who's yeah. to say that they don't have plans in the future for updates to increase that potential? Yeah. Oh, that's expansion material. Exactly. <laughs> Where's my ding sound? I have it in here somewhere. Why add an extra skill line, or how should I put it? You know how how. Uh... <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Why why add in extra stuff uh, like MMOs usually do, as in an extra uh, talent tree? Or more to a talent tree when you can just simply say that on top of all this other stuff that you're getting with our brand new expansion, uh, we're also taking these uh, skill, these these skills, and you can now morph them again at, at their high level. That would be awesome expansion material. Exactly. Yeah. That's the first thing that came in my head when I looked at that. Right now was the key word. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on that before we move on, gentlemen? No, sir, not for me. All right. I like the idea of being able to train slash feed your horse to differentiate mm. its talents. Are there any plans in the works for high-end items that can gain XP slash levels? Not right now. Part of the game is looking for new gear. If gear can grow with you or grow in power, that tends to shut down the desire to keep looking for new gear. Getting surprised and rewarded is a really good thing. Since character progression is more predictable, we leave the surprise to finding item drops. Which I kind of um, like, honestly. I have a question. Uh, what's, what, what's a horse? It's one of those things that poops and the flowers grow out of the poop. It's like a cow, but faster. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you don't walk... Uh, uh, my brain... Right. I, I yeah, I got it, Shank. You don't you don't fast travel. You don't use uh, horses, except that one time when you did fast travel. That, that never happened. I was under pressure. It would be so nice if we caught that on video. Oh, oh wait, <laughs> we did. We have proof. <laughs> I'm gonna hold it over Shank for eternity. The stream is not going to end. Thank you very much for watching. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next question. Once a player becomes a vampire or a wolf, werewolf I meant, where will that player be able to remove their existing curse and have the opportunity to become infected by the other, or will the choice be permanent? Only Joan and Jode know. <laughs> I was expecting that kind of answer from them. I actually don't get that. I, what is that referencing? I did either. No clue, but uh, it's just saying that only two people know. Alright, 
All right. What, Dave? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Will books and chess have random locations, or are they always in the same spot? There are elements of randomness in where these things will appear. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, yeah. dun. It's an MMO. <clears throat> in other words, some are set, but many others are random. I like this a lot because the way, if you read between the lines into what that answer says, that says you need to explore. Yes, it um, does, Shank. You're Shank, I'm only right. seeing one line. <laughs> I, I also said behind the scenes that it's also a way to stop the bots. <laughs> How so? If everything spawns in the same place, just program it to where, oh, these are the map coordinates. Go here. <laughs> Keep looking at the same spots everywhere. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. That, that was a, a, <clears throat> a problem another MMO I played a long time ago had where all the random things that spawned, all the things that spawned were always in the same location. So you could always just program your bot to go here, 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 here. <laughs> yeah. And beat everyone to it. So I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Will the veteran system rewards consist of top tier gear, stat wise, or will they simply consist of cosmetic items and or titles and achievement rewards? Currently, we think there'll be very cool cosmetic things, but that could change. For example, imagine your gear looking like a golden saint, but all the stats remain the same as the gear you have found. Think of veteran gear as similar to level requirements for items. Veteran rewards are still undergoing development. Now, (laughs) if... uh, Hold on, Shane. If you remember, uh, we had spoken to... Well, Sage, what was that, Joe? Episode 83? Uh, around that level, yeah. Okay. Um, he had said that basically gear from the veteran re- reward system was was basically going to be like end-level gear. Um, not He never mentioned anything about cosmetic stuff. So I sent out a message to to Zoss and I got a little clarification yesterday and and basically uh the 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 disparity is is this um it's it's still under development but essentially what they want to do is they want to right now the thinking is cosmetics and also end level gear high level gear but i mean this could change you know from day to day to be honest at this particular point i mean there are in the very very beginnings of the the veteran gear system so i mean if someone else reports next week that you know other things have changed i mean just take it with a grain of salt at this point because zoss doesn't really know where they want this to be quite yet the way i'm looking at it is i think the this veteran stuff i think honestly the only way to like fully understand what it's talking about is until we get our hands and like into the game and start messing around with it and get familiar with the leveling system get familiar with the gear the loot system and all the other like uh, character progression and skill, I I think only then will we actually get a really good idea of what this veteran system is because this seems very it seems like additive and like an enhancement to that. So I, I think until we understand like the core systems and then understanding what the veteran systems, I think is going to come from that. So because 
this is this seems like a there, there's a lot of layers to this one thing so that's just i'm personally i'm interested to see how it works but i don't think we're really going to get a good idea until we actually get our hands in there and figure out what's going on really yeah i'd say that's about right I'm sure in a couple Fair of months, enough. Zoss will be able to come out and say for sure, like this is this is what we've got planned for for our our veteran gear system and or our veteran system. So we're not we're not far away from that. Nah, all will be revealed soon enough, gentlemen. That's right. That's not soon enough. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Dave. <laughs> we have heard that players who are not a part of a guild maybe. Able to access some of the guild stores. Will guilds wishing to make their stores open to the public have to set up some sort of koisk in a particular area? Kiosk. The- kiosk. Thank you. Shut up. I was getting it. <laughs> in a particular <laughs> area of the world. <laughs> it's a koisk, man. It's, it's, it's now this. It's now kosher. <laughs> I'm tweeting that out. Jersey <laughs> accents for the win. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. Or will they simply make their store public so anyone can purchase goods from that public guild store through a guild menu in the interface? Didn't you read any of everything else I said last week? Anyway, go ahead with the answer. Guilds that take over keeps will be able to set up guild stores in the keep. Players of the same alliance visiting that keep will be able to buy from that guild store. So, your alliance takes over... Keep A. And your guild, Reforged, uh, decides to set up shop at that keep. Your alliance can walk in there, since your alliance owns the keep, and buy from that, that guild store. But that doesn't necessarily mean, that doesn't mean at all that, that the other factions have the ability to, to walk into that same keep and 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 buy stuff from that guild store. It's 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 only for the alliance that has taken over that keep. Oh yeah, as soon as they step into that, that keep, they're going to get slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I'm just here to buy something, guys. It, it's common sense, you know. Just just think about you know what would happen if your uh, opposite alliance, you know, if, if you walked into an opposite alliance's keep looking to you know purchase from the local stop and shop, I and mean, you're going to get a sword in the gut. <laughs> So, Shank, it's in your best interest to help us take over keeps if you want See, that's to what I was just gonna economy. Say, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say because, like, this system makes it seem more viable to just, like, walk from keep to keep and just just sort of get your feet wet in the in the shops and stuff and just maybe price gouge. I don't know. And, and pray an army doesn't come in at the time you're trying to haggle to – take over and you get stomped and murdered and I would just I would run away to the next Koisk so you know you have a back door sir great <laughs> oh we actually got two dev questions of the week to go over today we do yeah yeah I didn't yeah. get the other one hold on here we go there she be there she blows just go ahead and uh, get that linked up, and we'll be good to go. All right. Getting it. Oh, oh dear Lord. Uh, okay. <clears throat> well, speaking of those, we're going to get those in a second. <laughs> we're going to get into an email first. And the first one comes into us from... Putris. Uh, Putris. <laughs> if you were to uh, mispronounce that, it could be very entertaining nonetheless. <laughs> 
I'm going to let any mini miny mo Dave, you haven't talked much. Your turn. Oh, I'd love to mispronounce this name. <laughs> I love Dave's icon. <laughs> this is from Utris. Says, uh, random thought as I listened to the ESO Alliance podcast, which rocked out, you guys, by the way. Um, as you all talked through the character creation options, I had an interesting idea for Zoss. It was mentioned that one concern on the release day is getting the name that one would want and how time spent tweaking character features might take away from that. My thought is that Zoss could make a character creation tool included in the pre-order packages. I'm thinking with your pre-order, you get a code allowing you to access an online character creation site. When you're happy, you can export a configuration code that you could cut and paste into the release day character creation screen that sets all your sliders right where you want them and away you go. Hope you all find that interesting, and if so, mention it in a podcast or somewhere. No, we won't do that. Somewhere else that devs can marinate on it. Or let me know a good place to drop the idea so that it might have some impact. Peace. Butrus. Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna play my sound file for that, and um, I'm still am, in fact. <laughs> but Stallion says hello. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't resist. The, one of the best places for your um, ideas to get heard is if. Well, that's only if you're on the beta. That's the forums. Um, I'm actually looking for the uh, for the community email. They've got a they've got an the email. It's like community at elderscrollsonline.com, something like that. I'm gonna get it though, and. And, and share it in a few seconds as soon as I can find it um, but I, I think this is like a fantastic idea and how cool would it be if if they if they had basically said like okay guys you know the game is, is going to get launched you know a week from now so download our client and create your character now and then this way when the game is you know launches next week you'll just be able to jump in and play and like how cool would that be? That's a good way to get people's uh, get their interest peaked and something to do while they wait for the launch. Hell yeah! I mean, I know, I know. Um, if they did something like that, like a week out from uh, launch, I would literally sit there and create my character for that entire week. It would take me a week to create my character based off of just like uh, any of the cool, like especially the the video that was released about that. I mean, just looking. That I mean, I, I I'd be out. I'd be lost to the world for about a week. Yeah, we believe you it. Know. Uh, I got that email, and I'm going to go ahead and post it in uh, in the chat room. Um, it's community at elderscrollsonline.com. Very very simple to to remember. Community at elderscrollsonline.com. So uh, Butrus and or anybody else who's got a fantastic idea, uh, email these guys because they are dying to hear fantastic ideas from the grassroots from you guys. So. Uh, chat room, it's there. If you have ideas right now, go ahead and click on that and email away. And listeners, community at email, uh, a community at elderscrollsonline.com is their, is their email. And there am you I, go. Am I the only one who doesn't see this as fixing the problem at all? What problem? The problem stated was that mm. people would not be able to get the name they wanted. If you're still racing against people, now you're going to have even a harder time because now you're going to have to race against someone who's just copying and pasting a code in. Well, the nice thing is about they're doing first and last name, so that does limit 
people I, actually being able to steal your, you know, your your exact name. Now I got to come up with a last name for Evarwin. It's simple, Lightbringer. That's true. That is actually. I, I would love, you know, if somebody wants to steal my character's name, have at it. Then you can get all the spam. The problem is, Do doesn't have a last name. Yeah, yeah, she does. It's uh, yes, she does. It's like three, three extra. It's um, yeah. Do you? It's D O O last name O O O. Oh, oh, oh! It's last do. name should be Y O U. Anyway, <laughs> her last name is Scooby. Wow. <laughs> We would take the keep too, but was a meddling Nord. <laughs> like I said, the Jaskia Alliance. <laughs> Say, yeah. Anyway, um, we're gonna get into the question, the first question of the week here. Uh, here we go. Hi, my name is Michael Lehrman. I'm a senior tester for the Elder Scrolls Online. Here's your question of the week. In the face of war, destruction, and a Daedric plot, the people of Tamriel could use a good laugh. Can you think of an Elder Scrolls-themed joke? A Khajiit, a Nord, and a Breton walk into a bar. Oh dear lord, it's on. (laughs) Alright, so I actually have absolutely no clue, so I'm going to let Dave go first. I got one. That's what I thought. (laughs) A Khajiit, a Nord, and Argonian walk into a bar. The Nord walks out with a new person, new shoes. Bam! <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anybody else? <laughs> For the love of God, anybody else? I, I, I got one. Nord and what were the other two races walking to a bar? They walk up to the Ar- Argonian barkeeper, punch him in the nads, and walk out and drink skooma. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I still I, got nothing. I say... I, I got on this. I, I mean, I got, what kind of joke? Go ahead, Lou. No, 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 go ahead, go No, I, got, I literally have nothing, so... Lou, it's I, all I you. I you know, for, for a really great big joke, Elder Scrolls, you know, just... just no, it just show the Argonians. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Ah, oh, gosh, that <laughs> you know, Black Marsh joke. Argonian hate. I had the start of a joke. That's about it. Yeah. What happens to a Khajiit when there's no sand present? He punches an Argonian. <laughs> <laughs> what happens? I have no idea. I just had to start. Um, <laughs> <Ba-boom>. <laughs> All right, if I want nothing yet, I I I don't know. I I said something on Twitter last week and it was stupid. Uh, I think it was uh, I finished the joke with and the orcish bartender says, "Hey, we don't serve your kind here." I'm like, what? And then someone yeah. laughed at it. I'm like, oh, that's the one guy. You know, you're in a, <laughs> a bad comedian. And you start your joke off like that and end it off like that, and there's that one guy in the back who goes, <laughs> and he's clapping. <laughs> like, oh, that's the guy who got three beer tonight. Clearly, <laughs> it's a terrible freaking joke <laughs> that I came up with. So, 
Yeah, even the chat room's like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, we're moving on. Next right. email. And this one is from Dominic. I'm going to let Shank take this one. <clears throat> Guys, I'm on video for this one. Okay, so now you can see how I do my voices. Ready? I actually just load up the, uh, the voice app. Give me a second. Hmm. I'm just kidding. Um, all right, so let's see. This, this email is from... Dominic, I shall do Bane for you, Dominic. Ah, very says, nice. <clears throat> Dear Elvis Scrolls off-the-record crew, I play on the Xbox, and I recently picked up Dangar, and I was trying it out, because I wanted to be a vampire lord. I was outside Little Hakon's castle. You spelled it wrong, dearie. <laughs> when I said to myself, hmm, I wonder if I could hit one of those giant hawks flying around the castle. I'm an archer. And so I drew an arrow and let it loose. A second later, I saw a giant hawk fall from the sky right into the water. Wow! I'm a huge fan of the show, and I just thought I'd let you know, your eternal fan, Dominic! (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like something that Dave did in the past. (laughs) It is. I, I pwned a hawk, dude. I have a picture of it. <laughs> he was so proud of it. I remember that, that exact episode where he uh, brought it up. I don't remember the exact number, but I remember the episode. Yeah. Uh, dude, I, I feel it. I, th- this dude, it's my brother right there, man. Taking out hawks. Hawk slayers. The hawk slayers club? Yeah. Can't even handle this right the, now. The squawk <laughs> brotherhood. <laughs> Slaying the hawks. The rise of the Squawk Brotherhood. Hawk, oh, oh, bank, you're dead. <laughs> wow. Wow. There's a crow reference no one thought thought of. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. Um, <laughs> why the character creation video matters. It doesn't. Moving on. Just kidding. Oh, wow. I, you know what? I freaking called that. I'm writing this thing up, and I said, you know what Joe's going to say? He's going to read this, and he's going to say, it doesn't. Moving on. That's not a bad impression. Uh, that was terrible. You jerk. <laughs> I, I just, I called it. All righty, Varwin. Go ahead. So, last Thursday, uh, October 17th, all right, Zoss had posted a video that detailed how robust their character creation system is. Now, we discussed this on Friday's Alliance, but we'd like to take a few minutes today, since there's no news, <laughs> uh, while we have the full ESOTR cast here with us to talk about why the nearly two and a half minute long video is something worth getting excited over. So I'm going to actually let Shank lead in on this conversation. Wow. Yeah, man. Okay. That caught me off. Okay. Uh, why do I think it's important? Uh, number one, I think this is character creation is something so um, so core to the Elder Scrolls. Like you get in the game, and it's a very very personal moment when you re- you're able to create your character, and it speaks to the freedom of, and it, it gets bigger and bigger every single game. It speaks to the freedom of just how much you can do in this game, what you're allowed to do and in the order and the method by which you do whatever it is you want to do. Character creation is just one of those things. And I think 
I must have seen that video like, I don't know, five or six times. And there's so much uh, detail in there that I'm going to say it. I think it's more robust than the Skyrim character creation, to be perfectly <gasps> honest with you. Um, yeah, I know. Because they you saw like in the video the little triangle things where you could uh, create you – could, you could fine-tune – you could create like a generic with your triangles and then you could fine-tune with the sliders they showed below. Yeah. I love that idea. I think that's huge. I mean, I can seriously see myself spending half an hour, 45 minutes on this character creation. And since I'm the MMO newbie and being like the Elder Scrolls, um, I don't know, I don't know, veteran or like the purist, I guess, on this show, like I am highly impressed by it. And I've spoken to some other friends who saw that and they're very impressed by that video. So I want to pose the question to you guys, the... I'm pointing to the TV. You can't see him. Um, the other panelists here. With respect to what you, we saw in the video, how more or less detailed is it compared to other MMOs? Because I was impressed. I thought it was amazing. I'm very excited. Dave? In comparison to other MMOs, yes. From what I saw in this video and also what I experienced at PAX, it is very much... You know, there's there's a lot to it. There's a lot more sliders. You know, simple things that you wouldn't think. Like there are three chest sliders, if I remember correctly, for different you know heights on the chest and different things like that. There's a bunch of of extra sliders Four. that you wouldn't even think of. Need I mention the butt slider? Butt slider. <laughs> butt slider. Butt slider. Butt slider. <laughs> So there's there's a lot to this. It is very much a robust character creation. As for how it compares to other MMOs, you're I don't know. I bet you're going to come across those people who say, "Wow, this is too much." Wow. Okay, that's going to be that's Lou. Well, I I I do like this creation video a lot. Um, I mean, everyone knows here I'm an MMO addict unashamedly so and yeah one of the very few things I, I do take a lot of time and invest into right off the get-go for any new game i play is actually character creation because when you think about it this is how you're going to present uh your character to the rest of the gaming community so you know i do take pride in saying you know that i i made a, a really good looking character uh you know that's why liz hates me in rift because she knows my character's hotter than hers Oh, oh! <laughs> Just putting it out there. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's a fight Watch that, that I hate. Mail come from her now. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and there are players out there that they, they really do. You know, they do like uh, those aspects. You know, getting the hair just right. You know, getting the eye shade just right. The right tilt to the eyes. You know, the eyebrows, the ears. Uh, you know, the angle of the ears. My God, how far out do they go? How far do they flare? You know, that sort of thing. And. And as Shank was saying, you know, as another hallmark to the greatest, you know, what Zoss is doing with Bethesda's games like this, you know, it's you have the ultimate, you know, so much freedom to build your character the way you want to from the get go, not just class wise, weapon wise. No, it's, you know, if you want to be a short, pudgy Argonian, have at it, man. <laughs> no, nope, nope. Shank, are you going to be a short, pudgy Argonian? Okay. We'll, we'll make it happen. We'll catch it on video and post on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get we gotta get Shank drunk. <laughs> Evaron, you got anything? Uh, I said my piece on on ESO Alliance. You know, I I think Dave is right about about 
people um some people might think that there's too much but you know what i mean they're going to be in the minority when it comes to elder scrolls you can't possibly have enough options it's just impossible you know you need to if it wouldn't be an elder scrolls game or even a fallout game if you're not spending 45 minutes making your character and uh i i think this is 100% where it needs to be i i loved what i saw in that video what what about you joe so like I said, I care very little about my character creation because what you're going to see is actually the armor I'm going to be developing as my character t- progresses. You're not going to see much else. So having like the fine details in the cheekbones really doesn't mean anything to but, me at all. You know what, Joe? I mean, that shocks me hearing that from you because I yeah. mean, when it comes to it does, yeah. Because when it comes to um, dimensions and rift. I kind of feel like that's sort of the same thing, and and you, I mean, I know that you you love. Well, there's no armor to put over a dimension. You see what you see there is what you're going to see. Um, yeah. Your character, unless you're like zooming into them with no clothes on, you're going to get the full view of what they are. In most cases, I'm not an RP or like that, so that's not going to happen. I'm going to be walking around my armor because I, I play the role of a BA. You know, that's going to be killing everything all the time. So it doesn't really matter to me too much. I like like. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm picky about hairstyle. It has to be somewhat decent, because I'm not going to wear a helmet for probably 20 levels or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it has to be somewhat fit the pronounced personality I have in mind for my character, but when it comes down to it, I'm more worried about the armor look than I am about my character look. So, so for you, the character creation really starts with the actual armor, not necessarily the actual character creation screen, because like you want to show off what your character is and his or her abilities yeah. through your armor. My armor is kind of like my mark of achievement. Yeah, okay. No, that's fair. I get that. I'd like to make a side note here that in most MMOs, I am, for the majority of the time, naked. Yeah, that's true. So, When they have the option to, for me, to be so. like a wardrobe system, that's when yeah, <laughs> Dave As runs around his skitties. Dave? Or your, your character. Oh, uh, it's a good thing I don't have my camera on right now. <laughs> See, he jokes, but because we're doing the Google Hangouts, I'm actually had to wear a shirt. <laughs> oh, guys, I, I, I gotta go. I haven't just listened to coffee. <laughs> no, Lou. No. Awkward. Not, notice, I said shirt and only shirt. Now, however, yeah. if that emailer. That we had earlier, like, you know, they actually take that into fruition and they do something like you can do character creation before game launches. I might be spending some time doing that just for fun. Yeah. But normally I just want to get into the game. I'll randomize it and like, okay, that one looks about what I'm looking for. Change the hair, change the facial hair, gone. In the game, off killing stuff. But yeah, I mean, but you see the guys, you all made extremely valid points. It's all different play styles. And it's what, what I love about the show is the fact that all five of us have a unique play styles and games that we play and it, it's pretty cool although i will caveat that with this if they ever came out with you know pirate hats and eye patches and different variations I, I totally believe that the widget would sit there for half an hour going that's the wrong shade of color let me let me fix this hang on you know what lou you're right on the money <laughs> <laughs> no that eye patch style is just, oh no 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 i want more evil looking. yeah no oh yeah yeah meanwhile an hour's passing show what the hell are you wouldn't I'll be right there guys <laughs> Yeah, you probably got that right, Lou. Now, if they added dyes in the game, now that's something that will um, get me uh, get me busy there, looking 
worrying about looks. <laughs> My God, yeah, yeah. true. Dies. I would love a. I'd love a robust die system. Yeah, and weapons too. Weapons and armor. Oh my god! A two or three tiered die system, like two or three um, die tiers you can do on an armor. Whether it be outlined, depending on the type of armor it is, that'd be awesome. The great part about a die system is you can you can work that very well into into alchemy. Very well. Yep. So there you go, guys. That's. uh, Anything, any last bits on that before we move on to the final dev question of the week? I think uh, I want to close it off with this. That I think the character creation video really, really does matter. And it matters because it, it says that uh, ZeniMax wants you to be able to create the character that you envision in the game. And this way you don't constantly have to you know, run up against someone that looks exactly like you all the time, which is very immersion-breaking. And, and this is also a huge staple in the Elder Scrolls franchise. So this is just more Elder Scrolls getting pushed you know, into this game, and, and that is never a bad thing. So I, you know, some people scoff at it and they say, oh, it doesn't matter, who cares, whatever, it's a tiny piece of news. I think this is a big piece of news for the Elder Scrolls fan, and I, I think it's uh, it's very important. You're right there, sir. More is always better. More options. Very well put. Okay. We have the dev question number two. Hi, I'm Mandy Wiswell, and I'm lead QA for the Elder Scrolls Online. Here's your question of the week. In ESO, Molochbal plots to merge Tamriel with his oblivion realm of Cold Harbor, and he has stolen your character's soul for some sinister purpose. Why do you think Molochbal chose you? Simple. He knows I can kick his butt. Next! Is, is Molochbal a redhead? Oh, oh, sorry. No, no, I didn't mean it that way. I, I do love redheads. Oh my god. I do love redheads. Oh, uh, that was two quick answers. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> um, simple. Just look at my subtitle because I'm a huge G. Duh. Duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Evarlin <laughs> because he's a paladin. <laughs> I I think uh, I think the storyline is going to go like this. He stole your soul my soul, whatever, um, because you are the true emperor of, of Tamriel and the only person that can thwart his, uh, his, his and Madame Marco's plans. So he steals your soul to keep you out of the loop. That's what I think. Yeah, like I said, he'll, the fray will, will, will kick his butt. That's right. Uh, Dave, anything? Just for the fun of it. I lost a bet. <laughs> Because he's a Dejic Lord. Because <laughs> he can. <laughs> and that was quickly answered. All right. We got a final email of the evening. And that's from Will G. Ivarwin, you want to take this one, buddy? Sure. Will G says, Dear ESOTR, Nick Conkle said on Shoddycast that public guild stores would only be within Keeps and Cyrodiil. Does this not mean that guild stores will only be open to those in your campaign. I think that I remember them saying that said campaigns were planned to be about only 2,000 people. 
though who knows uh, if this has changed. If this would only allow us to trade with 2,000 people, how interesting could the economy be? I haven't ever played an MMO, so how much different is this number from a traditional MMO server? Thanks, Will G. Well, Will. Yeah. (laughs) There is a lot wrong here. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot of extrapolation and missing points. It's, It's a lot of I think this person heard like rumors on forums that meant that were just just horribly horribly misconstrued. Um, the the first the first question does this does this not mean that guild stores will only be open to those in your campaign? Yes, it does mean that, um, but it also means that guild stores will only be open to those in your faction in your campaign. Uh, however, that does not mean that there's only going to be 2,000 people that'll be able to shop at your guild store. First of all, Zoss has never, ever, ever, ever said X amount of people will be able to shop in your guild store. What they have said, and this is what I think that you know, you, you're probably looking through some forums and someone just got the number wrong or mistyped. They have said that you can see up to 200 enemy players on your screen or players on your screen at the same time. So 200 character models on your screen at the same time. That means that all throughout Cyrodiil, there's a lot more than 200 people in Cyrodiil PvPing at the same time. It's not 2,000. It has nothing to do with guild stores, and I don't know where the uh, <laughs> that number came from. <laughs> so, just to correct, okay. who is shopping in your guild store? Your faction in the keep that you're, you, you know you have helped take over in in your faction. There's no number assigned to it. Whoever's in your faction can go inside that keep and, oh, look, there's Will G's Guild Store. I'm going to shop at Will G's Guild Store. Eve Arwen, they did say a while back that they were planning around two to 3,000 people per campaign. I I don't remember us ever saying anything like that. Where was that? It was about, oh, geez, it was months ago. And it was during was an, long an interview. Time ago. It was during an interview with um, Wheeler. It was a while back, yeah. Around PAX East-ish. Okay, and and he I said mean, that that number could very well change. I don't know. Even with I, the only two thousand, three thousand people in your campaign, though, that this still leaves a lot of room for the economy. I mean, I'm no I'm no economist, <laughs> Shank, <clears throat> but um, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that the the economy in ESO is far different than what I have seen in MMO to date. So, do I know exactly how it's going to play out and work? No. Am I optimistic? Very much so. It's it's different. I'm something I've never, like I said, never seen before. Guys, um, I'm gonna go ahead and do my usual compare it to other MMOs spiel. Um, in Rift, in WoW, in Swotor, I loved playing the auction houses. It's how I made my money, of course. When you talk about how many people are playing the auction house. If you look at how many play it regularly, it's a lot lower of a number than you'd expect. You'd I always see reoccurring names. 
if I really want to give a rough estimate, I'd say that only 200 people at best regularly play an auction house on a server on any of those MMOs at a time. You know, play it hardcore. That gives more than enough room. If there is only 200 people allowed in a campaign, or 2,000 people allowed in a campaign, that gives you more than enough room for a thriving economy. Well, if you think about it, it only takes three people to make a thriving economy. The person who has... <laughs> uh, think about it. You have to be the person who has the, the, uh, the, the quantity, right? You have to have a, a person that has the stuff that needs to be purchased... The second person needs to be the person who wants that that item. And then the third person is the, the competition. So Shank's selling wool for, for 30 bucks. Joe wants to buy the wool for 30 bucks. Lou walks in there and says, I'll give it to that same guy for 25. There's an economy. And if, you know, Joe goes back and says, All right, let me get some more wool and I won't sell it for, you know, 30, I'll sell it for 27, but I'll toss in an extra few pieces. That's a thriving economy. So, I mean, it really depends on probably a lot of other variables other than who's, how many people are in the economy. If it's 2,000 and it works, fine. If it's 200 and it works, that's fine as long as it works. There's even, there's a lot of ways you can do about this. I mean, even if you're just around picking flowers like Shank, he goes up to a guild that has a keep and is like, look, I noticed you guys are selling these for 25 apiece. I'll sell you what I have for fifteen apiece, and you can resell them for your profit. Gives him more inventory; he makes his money. It's an open haggling system. And who's to say that it is divided up per campaign? I mean, it could be divided up per keep. Like, let's say keep out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm going to pick a random one, Breville or such. Okay, okay, it, it's Breville. Deal with it, Shank. Anyway. The keep at Breville is taken by Reforged. Now, let's say that, yes, we set it up in Campaign 400. That's our campaign. We've set up our shop in Campaign 400. Now, let's say that other people on our faction, who's to say that they can't see it in Campaigns 1 through 400 in Breville, they can't see our shop set up right there? I don't know about that. That's an interesting point, but... Just be- if they own that keep as well, who's to say they can't see it, even though they're not in our campaign? I mean, yeah. the- it could just disappear once they lose that keep in their campaign. Hold on, can we? Can- I think the larger issue is why would anyone go to Bravo? Just to kill a guy for the Dark Brotherhood. Legit. <laughs> oh, Oblivion owned son. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, we have um, one more email actually, this is an mp3 call Go ahead and give that a play Hey Elder Scrolls off the record, Michael here, or Dutch ain't Dutch in the chat And I've got a couple of questions for you guys The first pertains to the release date of Elder Scrolls Online Um, We know that it's going to be in the spring of 2014 And I remember watching uh, one of, I think it was uh, of Arwen's classic Elder Scrolls Nights and Lou mentioning that 2014 would be the 20-year anniversary of the Elder Scrolls series. And so what I think they might do um, is they might release Elder Scrolls Online as part of a 20-year anniversary celebration. Now, I don't know if they would release it 
in January or when they would do that because I think the I remember seeing somewhere that the official release date of Arena was in January 1994. So, um, do you guys think that they might do something like that, like a release Elder Scrolls Online as a 20-year anniversary celebration, like around the time that they released Arena? And then my second question, uh, which really has nothing to do with the first, is um, after watching that character creation video, what are you, what are you guys' takes on the character like features themselves like and when i ask that i mean it seems like in skyrim the characters look a lot more fantastical especially the elves i know you guys talk about this a lot but also um it seems like in elder scrolls online the characters are much more i don't know realistic uh not as fantastical so um do you guys like the fact that they, or well, first of all, do you guys seem to think that they look more realistic? And then second of all, um, do you like the more realistic look better or do you like the fantastical look better? Thanks guys. And keep up the great work. That's totally fantastical. Shank, um, can we, can we get a picture up on the screen right now of, uh, of, uh, Queen Aaron? Yeah, if you give me a second. Um, yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and work on that. Next time, Mike, if you could not record in an amphitheater or a stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like yeah. you were sitting in the middle of a, an open stadium just talking into a microphone. That was pretty cool, actually. A lot of echo in there. <laughs> a lot of echo. The first question was the 20th anniversary. Uh, I think that January is a bit too soon. Yeah. I mean, we I might see an open great. beta about that time. They, they had said spring of 2014. I mean, January is pretty much the furthest thing from spring. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, it's January is, is pretty much close to the beginning of winter. With it, Beginning of winter was only a couple of weeks away. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be January. Although, you know, he does make a good point about the 20-year the anniversary of, of Arena. So, uh, Joe, maybe they will do like a, an open beta start and keep it rolling for like a month or two, and then, yeah, boom. <laughs> or maybe incorporate a a special event when ESO finally launches, saying you know to help commemorate the twenty year anniversary of when we first released the very first Elder Scrolls game, which was Arena. You know, hey, we're doing this special game event right from the get go. Launch at ESO, but you know what? Twenty year anniversary, the first Elder Scrolls game ever, ever. I, kids. I would imagine Bethesda more than Zenimax Online Studios would really uh, usher in a, a 20 year anniversary celebration. I, I don't really think Zoss would has a has an interest in something like that. I think they're you know they're really looking for um, you know forward to their their launch, and I think Bethesda would be the ones to say, "All right, guys, Arena, 20 years, let's let's do something." I I'd have to agree with that. I think Zoss is. Zoss's focus, I mean, yes, it's Elder Scrolls, but I think they're going to be focused on just releasing this and making it really well. Uh, like, basically, like, making this the game that they want to release. But if anything, Bethesda Studios, I, I agree with you, Varwin. I think Bethesda Studios would be the one saying, because, I mean, they're, they handled the anthology. So, yeah. if anything, I'd be, I, yeah, I can, I can seriously, be, like, just hear the conversation between Todd Howard and Pete Hines in my head saying, dude, 20 years, arena, let's do it. We did it, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> We're totally dudes. Totally 20, 
20 years. <clears throat> Gets on the Bethesda podcast and says, Shank, we did it. We're totally heroes. <laughs> if you did that, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, what about the second part of the question, gentlemen? I have an answer to that, um, if you guys don't mind. Uh, uh, thoughts on that, actually. Uh, not necessarily an answer. <laughs> but, um, number one, do I think... Uh, they're more realistic looking based off of the that, that video that they were uh, the character creation video. Um, some of the characters that were moving a little fast, uh, but fortunately, I watched it a million times. Um, personally, I I do think that they look a little bit more realistic than Skyrim's um, for a couple reasons. One, this is a newer game running on newer technology. Um, number two, I think that they want to keep the same familiar, this is Elder Scrolls, but also have their own distinct art style and stand alone on their own two feet on that. And it's just, I think it's just part of the aesthetics choice they made. Uh, so I think they're a little bit, they look a little bit more realistic. Um, now, do I like that? I love that. Um, I think having a little bit more realistic looking characters, um, ground, I mean, yes, this is a fantasy RPG, but to me personally, this is just my preference, um, I... It, to me, having realistic-looking characters and believable-looking characters grounds the game more in reality than more fantastical ones. Um, that's why I make the mod choices that I do to get more realistic-looking mods. So that's that's just my personal <clears throat> preference. I know people, if you play fantasy, some people like super fantastic-looking characters. So that's that's just uh, that's that's what I think. You know, there are two words that kind of gives a reason as to why it looks more realistic. Technology improvements. Mm-hmm. You look at Direct Arena, very, very cartoony because <laughs> it's old. They didn't have the technology to make it look realistic. Now we're getting in technology nowadays where it's very, very possible. And they're going to flaunt mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anybody else? Shank, can yeah. you, you zoom in on, on the queen there? On our on our queen. Take a little, a little zoom Who in. Who the hell's us? There you go. All right. See, see what you got going on right there? Yeah, pan down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What? Okay. <laughs> pull the full thing in. Uh, I don't care if that's fantastical or if it's realistic. That's hot. <laughs> and I want it in my game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Dave, Lou, anything? <laughs> well... Uh- well, the first part, uh, uh, the first question that uh, I, Mike uh, answered, asked, I answered. But the second one, um, you know, I, I yeah, gosh, I'm on the on the fence on this because I do appreciate what you just said, Joe. The technology improvements, so the uh, the realism that's introduced now in all these games that are coming out. All right, uh, especially that we've seen in Skyrim. I mean, the mods you and I use. You know, to help enhance that, especially with Shank going crazy with EMB, <laughs> you know, it just adds another whole another flavor uh, to the game. But I also appreciate, you know, having those, I guess, uh, those distinctions, especially between the other races. Like, you know, you can tell a dwarf's a dwarf, an elf's an elf, you know, half elf's and a half elf, you know, orcs an orc. Um, so I-, I can see where you know the game can tell to both, and you're, you're going to have fantastic looking creatures and PCs. And still make it look, and, and you know, give I guess uh, graphics purists like Shank, you know, the value they want too. So you know what, I that orc looks fantastic. Look at the fangs on that guy's mouth. 
You know? He's ugly from far away. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> I can see his face warting off from here, and by God, it's amazing. Ew. I'm going to go this way now. <laughs> Dave? I like the art that they have for ESO, like the character art. Just the feel of it, it, it feels Epic. a lot more toward like what I would I would expect for a properly built Neverwinter game. And that's like my core of where I really started with, you know, this whole type of gameplay. And and I really like that type of art style, so it kind of it pleases me. And there you go. Alright, we're gonna go ahead and move into the crafting table. I believe Dave had the last mod challenge. Mm-hmm. Why don't you uh, tell us about it, buddy? My last mod challenge was Death Dealer Vampire Race by Kryptonian. Um, I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, Wait, th- this was- okay. It was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, had some pretty big shows, so we, we're, we weren't able to, to do the crafting table. No, it's fine, because... This mod is more of a complimentary mod, and it's very ad hoc for that p- person who wants to start the game as a vampire, but it doesn't do much past that. In fact, a lot of the images that are shown on the mod are not of the mod. Many of what is uh, being put off here as being part of the mod actually is not it, it's actually mods that he has included in the notes down here but you aren't getting the entire package unless you download two other mods to go with it so unfortunately it doesn't have much on its own but it does let you walk into the game with the vampire perks that you'd expect like vampire sight resists strength bonus you know things like that those other two mods, uh, did Kryptonian write those, or are they like no. some... Really? Yeah. Uh, that's BS. But, but of Arwen, Kate Beckinsale. Indeed, Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of them mentioned is Better Vampires, which he actually shows pictures of him as if it was part of his mod. It was not even written by him. Wow. Uh, but he has pictures of it on the mod. I've never given a bad review to a mod before, but this one, it has nothing to it. How misleading. It is very misleading. In fact, because he, he, this mod is missing a lot of components when you're making your character, a grand majority of the components for what you want to do for making your character's face, for the hair, for the scars, different things like that, a lot of it is missing. It feels incomplete. And especially because it's, it only gives you the look of the character, which is basically, Hey, let's make these three women that look like Kate Beckinsale and gives you the perks. And that's it. I, if I were to say, should you download this? Yes. Only if you want to download the other mods mentioned in this as well. And it's very ad hoc only if you want to make a vampire character and that be their character forever. Right. 
All right. Well, that sounds disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) They can't all be a win, I guess. We've never had a bad mod. I hate that it it fell on me, but it's I I beg to differ. Um, I had two fells until I got a win. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, this is my first bad mod. How's that? We're constantly showing bad mods on the show. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) and see, Ivaron picks them up from what they look like and how they fit for us. I mean, he doesn't know exactly what's in them. So, no, I know. That's what our job is. Yeah. Get off my back. uh, Jeez. It was a a swing and a miss, Savarwin. It was a swing and a miss, okay? You know what? I don't need to take this anymore. This is BS. I'm calling my union representative. (laughs) Oh, great. Now we're going to have to talk to his union rep. It's going to be his cat. Hey, Frank's not a bad guy. I know it's his cat. He doesn't know it's his cat. (laughs) Frank, come here. You're my union rep. (laughs) I know. All right. Do Do we have a new challenge? Yeah. Good way to uh, segue, Joe. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I literally Quick. thank you for, for that. You saved me from my insanity. Uh, yes, we do. And I will issue a new mod challenge. Uh, if this is the first time that you've heard the mod challenge, here's how it works. Mod challenge of the week is for one host only that week. I will announce who the challenge is for. The host will click on a link that I shall drop upon on notes host us until the next show to install try and then report on said mod this week i choose you shank oh my goodness that's right all right so fortunately since i'm controlling the stream here i can actually show you this mod yeah you go ahead and pick that crap up (laughs) (laughs) the best you put it in a baggie and throw it away it's more sanitary yeah so this is Iron Fist Challenge by Kelsis. This is on the Oblivion Nexus. For those of you fortunate enough to join us in our live stream, you can actually see this, which is kind of pretty cool, you guys. Pretty legit. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's see the description of, once again, Iron Fist Challenge by Kelsis on the Nexus, Oblivion Nexus. Um, this says, this adds a quest. I, I don't know what quests are. Uh, where are you? <laughs> You, you enter a short competition in which only hands and or feet can be used to uh, used to fight with. Along the coast east of Anvil, you will find the NPC who can tell you more. Dot, dot, dot. This is my first quest mod. Comments and advices are welcome. Uh, he's, he says here that he's tested it out and it's worked fine. And for those of you listening and not watching the stream, uh, if you want to try this out, this requires your Oblivion ESM, Dave, uh, your DLC Shivering Isles ESP and OBMM. That is your Oblivion mod manager. And he recommends to set the load order to last. Mm. Um, so... Once again, this is Iron Fist Challenge by Kelsis, K-E-L-C-E-S, on the Oblivion Nexus. You need the Oblivion ESM, Shivering Isles DLC, and the Oblivion Mod Manager. Set this to your last load order. This is going to be interesting because I first need to understand what a quest is, and then what competition and fighting and combat is. So thank you, Avarwin. You can do it, Shank. <laughs> wow, this is going to be a very painful lesson. I can just see it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I foresee a crap odd report next week. <laughs> this will be an interesting live stream on Saturday, Shank. 
Yeah. Stay tuned <laughs> next week for Shanks Hair Pulling Adventures. <laughs> it's totally what's going to happen. You know that. And yeah. I hate him right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Shank. We're getting you out of your... Uh, we're, we're breaking you out of your norm. You know, you're fast You don't understand. You don't understand. My, my live stream is going to be Lou trying to comfort me, and it's going to be an hour and a half of me crying. It's going to be an hour and a half of everyone else crying because you're going to spend the entire time walking to the quest and not actually doing it. <laughs> exactly. Wow, we've been here 25 minutes and he's only moved two feet. Yeah, but check out this this peony, guys. It doesn't grow here. It's not supposed to grow in this area. I've got 14 screenshots already. <laughs> True. Look, look, at this, look at this sunrise. Look at this sunrise over over the white gold tower. Really beautiful. When that sun hits these pe- the peaks of the hills, they sing, Oh my god, Karen Bullet! You know, Karen Bullet only grows when they're <laughs> All right, before the insanity goes any further and we make Shank blush anymore, we're going to go into the Elder Scroll. We're going to lore with Lou. All right, thank you very much, Joe. And continuing from last week, or from last time we left off, the monomyth, pondering creation. Whose version is right? Part two. Strap in, folks. This one's pretty. <laughs> this is why it's in two pieces. It's pretty, pretty long. <laughs> so, to continue, we are now in the part of the book where it goes into Lorcan. This created trickster, tester, deity is in every Tamrielic mythic tradition. His most popular name is the Mary Lorcan, or Doom Drum. He convinced or contrived the original spirits to bring about the creation of the mortal plane, upsetting the status quo much like his father, Padme, had introduced instability into the universe in the beginning place. After the world materialized, Lorcan is separated from his divine center, sometimes involuntarily, and wanted the creation of the Etada. Interpretations of these events differ widely by culture. Below are some of the better known. Yakudin, Sadakal, the world skin. Zatak was first serpent, the snake who came before, and all the worlds to come rested in the glimmer of its scales. But it was so big there was nothing but, and thus it was coiled around and around itself. And the worlds to come slid across each other, but none had room to breathe or even be. And so the worlds called to something to save them, to let them out, but of course there was nothing outside the first serpent. So aid had to come from inside it. This was like hell, the hungry stomach. Akel made itself known, and Satak could only think about what it was, and it was the best hunger. So it ate and ate. Soon, there was enough room to live in the world, and things began. These things were new, and they often made mistakes, for there was hardly time to practice being things before. So most things ended quickly, or were not good, or gave up on themselves. Some things were about to start, but they were eaten up as Satak got to that part of its body. This was a violent time. Pretty soon, Akel caused Satak to bite its own heart, and that was the end. The hunger, though, refused to stop, even in death, and so the first serpent shed its skin to begin anew. As the oral world died, Satakal began, and when things realized this pattern, so did they realize what their part in it was. They began to take names, like Rutka or Tuhaka, and they strode about looking for their kin. As Satakal ate itself over and over, the strongest spirits learned to bypass the cycle by moving at strange angles. They called this process the walkabout, Shank, a way of striding between the world skins. Rutgell was so big that he was able to place the stars in the sky so that weaker spirits might find their way easier. This practice became so easy for the spirits that it became a place called the Far Shores. 
a time of waiting until the next skin. Rootgill was, was able to sire many children through the cycles, and so he became known as the Tall Papa. He continued to place stars to map out the boy for others. But after so many cycles, there were almost too many spirits to help out. He made himself a helper from the detritus to try to help Paskins, and this was Sep, or Second Serpent. Sep had so much of the hungry stomach still left in him, multiple hungers and multiple skins. He was so hungry he could not think straight. Sometimes he would just eat the spirits he was supposed to help, but Tall Papa would always reach in and take them back out. Finally, tired of helping, Tall Papa, Sep went and gathered the rest of the old skins and balled them up, tricking spirits to help him, promising them this was how you, you reached the new world, by making one out of the old. These spirits loved this way of living, as it was easier. No more jumping from place to place. Many spirits joined in, believing this was a good thinking. Tall Papa just shook his head. Pretty soon, the spirits on the skin ball started to die, because they were very far from the world of Sadakal, and they found that it was too far to jump into the far shores. The spirits that were left pleaded with Tall Papa to take them back, but Grim Rukdil would not. And he told the spirits that they must learn new ways to follow the stars to the far shores now. If they could not, then they must live on through their children, which was not the same as before. Sep, however, needed more punishment, and so Tall Papa squashed the snake with a big stick. The hunger fell out of Sep's dead mouth, and was the only thing left of the second serpent. While the rest of the new world was allowed to strive back to godhood, Sep could only slink around in a dead skin or swim about in the sky, a hungry boy that jealously tried to eat the stars. Cyrodiilic, Shazar's song. This was a new thing that Shazar described to the gods. <laughs> Becoming mothers and fathers. Being responsible and making great sacrifices. With no guarantee of success, but Shazar spoke beautifully to them and moved them beyond mystery and tears. Thus the Aedra gave free birth to the world, the beasts and the beings making these things from parts of themselves. This free birth was very painful, and afterwards the Aedra were no longer young and strong and powerful as they had been from the beginning of days. Some Aedra were disappointed and bitter in their loss, and angry with Shazar, and with all creation, for they felt Shazar had lied and tricked them. These Aedra, the gods of the Alnar, led by Oriel, were disgusted by their enfeebled selves and by what they had created. Everything is spoiled, for now, for all time, and the most we can do is teach the elven races to suffer nobly, with dignity, and chastise ourselves for our folly, and avenge ourselves upon Shazar and his allies. Thus are the gods of the elves dark and brooding, and thus are the elves ever dissatisfied with mortality, and always proud and stoic despite the harshness of this cruel and indifferent world. Other Aedra looked upon creation, and were well pleased. These Aedra, the gods of men and beast folk, led by Akatosh, praised and cherished the wards, the mortal races. We have suffered and are diminished for all time, but the mortal world we have made is glorious filling our hearts and spirits with hope. Let us teach the mortal races to live well, to cherish beauty and honor, and to love one another as we love them. Thus are the gods of men tender and patient, and thus are men and beasts while great in heart for joy or suffering, and ambitious for greater wisdom and a better world. Now when the Deja Lord churches are, they mocked him and the other Adra, cut parts of ourselves off, and lose them forever? That's stupid. You'll be sorry. We are far smarter than you, for we will create a new world out of ourselves, but we will not cut it off or let it mock us, 
but we will make this world within ourselves forever ours and under our complete control. So the Daedra Lords created the Daedric Realms and all the ranks of Lesser Daedra, great and small. And for the most part, the Daedra Lords were well pleased with this arrangement. They had always had worshippers and servants and playthings close at hand. But at the same time, they sometimes looked with envy upon the mortal realms. For the mortals were foul and feeble and contemptible, their passions and ambitions were also far more surprising and entertaining than the antics of the lesser Daedra. Thus do the Daedra lords court and seduce certain among certain amusing specimens of the mortal races, especially the passionate and powerful. It gives the Daedra lords special pleasure to steal away from Shazar and the Aedra, greatest and most ambitious mortals. Not only are you fools to mutilate yourselves, glow with the Daedra lords, but you cannot even keep the best pieces, which prefer the glory and power of the Daedra lords to the feeble vulgarity of the mush-minded Aedra. Out Mary, the heart of the world, Anu encompassed and encompasses all things. So that he might know himself, he created Anuiel, his soul and the soul of all things. Anuiel, as all souls, was given to self-reflection, and for this he needed to differentiate between the forms, attributes, and intellects. Thus was born Sithis, who was the sum of all of the limitations Anuiel would utilize to ponder himself. Anuiel, who was the soul of all things, therefore became many things, and his interplay was his and is the Arbus. At first, the Arbus was turbulent and confusing, as Anuiel's ruminations went on without design. Aspects of the Arbus then asked for a schedule to follow, or procedures whereby they might enjoy themselves a little longer outside of perfect knowledge. So that he might know himself this way too, Anu created Oriel, the soul of his soul. Oriel bled through the Arbus as a new force called time. With time, various aspects of the Orbis began to understand their natures and limitations. They took names, like Magnus, or Mara, or Zen. One of these, Lorcan, was more of a limit than a nature, so he could not never last long anywhere. As he entered every aspect of Anuel, Lorcan would plant an idea that was almost wholly based on limitation. He outlined a plan to create a soul for the Orbis a place where the aspects of aspects might even be allowed to self-reflect. He gained many followers. Even Oriel, when told he would become the king of the new world, agreed to help Lorcan. So they created the Mundus, where their own aspects might live, and became Ethada. But this was a trick. As Lorcan knew, this world contained more limitations than not, and was therefore hardly a thing ever knew at all. Mundus was the house of Sithis. As their aspects began to die off, many of the Etada vanished completely. Some escaped, like Magnus, and that is why there are no limitations to magic. Others, like Ifri, transformed themselves into Elnofe, the earth bones, so that the whole world might not die. Some had to marry and make children just to last. Each generation was weaker than the last, and soon they were Aldmer. Darkness caved in. Lorcan made armies out of the weakest souls and named them men, and they brought Sithis into every quarter. Oriel pleaded with Anu to take them back, but he had already filled their places with something else. But his soul was gentler and granted Oriel his bow and shield, that he might save the Aldmer from the hordes of men. 
Some had already fallen, like the Shimmer, who had listened to Taint Itada, and others, like the Bosmer, had soiled Time's line by, making, by taking Manish wives. Oriel could not save Altmora, the Elderwood, and it was lost to men. They were chased south and east to old Elnofe, and Lorcan was close behind. He shattered that land into many. Finally, Trinimac, Oriel's greatest knight, knocked Lorcan down in front of his army and reached in with more than hands to take his heart. He was undone. The men dragged Lorcan's body away and swore blood vengeance on the heirs of Oriel for all time. But when Trinimac and Oriel tried to destroy the heart of Lorcan, it laughed at them. It said, This heart is the heart of the world, for one was made to satisfy the other. So Oriel fashioned the thing to an arrow and let it fly long into the sea, where no aspect of the new world may ever or would ever find it. And that concludes the reading from the Monomyth. I want to say thank you to the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages, the Elder Scrolls Wiki, and the Imperial Library for the information they have presented today. If you really like all the lore stuff, folks, go to those sites, those three sites especially. They have a lot of great stuff, easy to read, very well organized, and I hope you all enjoy it. Thank you, Lou. It is time to wrap up this evening's show and get into our final thoughts. Gentlemen, what are our final thoughts? Um, final thought. Okay, Varwin, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a whole lot came out this week. And and obviously the show reflects that. But but I think um, despite that fact, I think we had some, some really, really nice uh, discussions here. Certainly... The uh, the creation video, uh, character creation video, popped up a couple of times, and um, again, I'm just I want to highlight that there's Zenimax is listening to us, and not not like you know us as in this show and, and its hosts. Um, it's listening to to all of us are the, the the fans of Elder Scrolls. So if there's anything that you would like to to see in the game, you know, uh, don't be afraid to to email them. And again, that's uh, community uh, at Elder Scrolls Online. Dave. Uh, Lou. Sorry, Lou. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, I do like the fact they brought up again the uh, character creation and that Yvonne brought it back. And even though it was discussed on uh, Elder Scrolls Alliance, uh, I do think that you know, that's one aspect that I think a lot of players in MMOs take for granted, the character creation. I mean, but also, you know, Joe, when you create a character, you know, you always have your armor on. So that's your way of expressing yourself. That is correct, sir. Right. But with all things, uh, you know, in, in line with, with Bethesda's tradition with the Elder Scrolls games that Zoss is trying, you know, is doing his best to keep, you know, here's the freedom of character creation. You know, we know that's an aspect you love in Elder Scrolls games, and I like the fact that they they've highlighted this now for... Uh, for new players and old players alike. So, kudos to them for that. Dave? I'm calling it now. Elder Scrolls Six. the heart of Lorcan comes to shore and causes all hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's terrific. In the Fantastic. Summer Sedan. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's all I got. <laughs> Shank? I really, really, really like the, the character creation video. Um, I, I, I've said on previous shows that they've shown a lot of MMO stuff, in my opinion, a lot of MMO stuff, and I want like a little bit more, like a nugget here and there for the Elder Scrolls. That character creation video, man, I said it earlier, it looks more robust than Skyrim. 
it's just one of the core pillars of Elder Scrolls is like that that choice, and I'm just, I can't wait to like dig into that character creation and make my character me. So I'm wicked stoked for that. All right, it's time to get into our community segment, Mystery Varwin. Take us out. Sure thing, uh, guys. I just want to throw out there that we do now have forums uh, where they're they're budding, they're brand new, and we we have quite a bit of work to do on them, uh, including putting an official link onto our website for them. But for right now, uh, the URL for our forums is uh, questgamingnetwork.com forward slash forums. I believe that's it. Let me just double check real quick. I don't think I have it real quick. So in in any event... (laughs) (laughs) Super save us. <laughs> yeah, no, I have it. Yep, that is that is it. It is uh, questgamingnetwork.com forward slash forums. And uh, if you want to join in on, on the discussion, uh, just just jump in and create a uh, My Middle Earth account, and you can start chatting with us in our, in our forums. Uh, we'll have links to all that very, very soon. Uh, ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com is our website, as well as QuestGamingNetwork.com. Stay connected to all of the latest news from Xbox, PlayStation, Rift, and Elder Scrolls from QuestGamingNetwork.com. If you like the show, if you like our network, you can always donate to us. $10 will get you a special mention if you prefer it. But don't forget to let us know what show you would like to hear your special mention on. And again, you go to questgamingnetwork.com, and on the right-hand side bar, there's a button that says Donate. Go ahead and click on that. Also, if you're in the live streams, right down there on the bottom as well. Uh, again, if you like us, please support us by, by going to our sponsors or clicking on the Donate button right here in the live stream or, of course, on the right-hand side bar of questgamingnetwork.com or Elder Scrolls offtherecord.com. And as well, utilizing that right-hand sidebar, you can find all the ways to hear QGN shows and how to contact us, too. And speaking of contacting us, you can do that at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord at gmail.com. Send us an email. Tell us, uh, you know, I mean, hey, we, we have conversations on the show, and you're a part of it as one of our community listeners. So add in your two cents. This isn't. This is not... A one-way discussion, all right? You're involved, too. So send us an email. Let us know what you think about some of the things that we're discussing here. Or raise your own issues as well. That's what the email segment is for, and we'll likely bring it up on the very next episode. Uh, This video that we're recording for this episode will be found at youtube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network. And you can catch all of our awesome videos there as well, including our weekly Let's Plays and all the episodes that we do for all of the podcasts that we record. Uh, watch for our nightly streams seven days a week here on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash Quest Gaming Network. And again, all of that ends up on YouTube as well. So if you miss it, you can catch it on youtube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Elder Scrolls Off The Record. And follow us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR. Hey guys, all of us have personal Twitters as well. So why don't you say hi to us via Twitter? You can say hi to Joe at the widget. Uh, don't spell it right, misspell it. That's W I G I T. That I'm is a- spelled right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm Avarwin. You can follow me at Evarwin, E-V-A-R-W-I-N. And Lou is at GamerGuy11B, G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-11B. Dave is at D-Enforce, D-I-E-N-F-O-R-C-E. And Shank is at Shank the Tank, S-H-A-N-K-T-H. T-A-N-K and ladies and gentlemen please leave off the last E for amazing savings on Pumice Stone. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Millith Network and I just want to say Fusro you you all that's the one next week. (laughs) Take care everyone. Be safe. Be the Fus. Be with you. Good night everyone. Thank you all for being here. See you all again next time. Have a great one y'all. Get out. I like Dave. Shank the liar. Best Gaming Network. Great people, great podcasts, a better network.